0: My next guest is Stacey Russo. I was interested to have her on the show for two reasons. One is she wrote a very cool book called Love Activism, and it's her fourth book. But she's also a librarian. So, Stacey, welcome, first of all.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You know why I'm excited that you're a librarian? So when I I teach at Cal State Channel Islands and every semester I make all my students go through that, you know, two hour library training class with a real librarian. And um, I tell them that librarians are the superheroes of the information age because you know how to find
1: anything. That's true. Um, at least we know where to look for it, right? <laughs> That's right. You know where to look for um, it. You can find it, and, right? But you are probably
0: interesting to me for two reasons. One, thank you, Stacey. She brought me this beautiful little wooden plaque that she painted on and did some decoupage. Um, so she's now. I can tell you, she's an artist. She's a writer. But then she's got that left brain organization. So can we say Da Vinci right here? You got it (laughs) on. I don't know about that. (laughs) The whole brain. All right, let's talk about your book, Love Activism. First of all, why'd you write it?
1: I wrote this book to put something positive out into the world. I feel that we're all aware of the fact that there's so much negativity. You know, daily we're hearing news stories. We see a lot of suffering and violence and injustice. So this book really stands in opposition to all that and provides something positive. It's not just meant to be an inspirational book, but to also provide practical advice and practical steps people can take if they want to right away and start doing things in their daily lives. So how would you define love activism? The easiest way to define it is that it's a daily and holistic activism of kindness, and the reason I use the word holistic is because it does look at everything as being interconnected. Give me an example. Yeah, so if we were talking about, let's say, different forms of injustice in the world, it would be easy to be what might be a single-issue activist and only focus on one thing, but I think that all of the good things and all the bad things, they're all interconnected. (laughs) So to live the most harmonious life, if you're putting love into all the different arenas in your life, you need to think about all the different pieces and how they all go together. So love activism looks at how we can practice love for ourselves. That's Mm -hmm. why self-care is part of it. For our communities, for all living beings and the earth. So it doesn't just look at one thing we can do, but looks at a much broader scope of what we can do in the world. Stacey, I mean this with love, but are you originally
0: from California? (laughs) Or did you adopt this harmonious love language?
1: (laughs) You know, I was born in Pennsylvania, actually. But um, we moved here when I was just finishing fifth grade. Uh So I only went through grade school there. And I definitely have become... A very California person. (laughs) (laughs) You stay here long enough, you start drinking the Kool-Aid,
0: and and before you know it, I was in the back of an Uber last week, and the guy, you know, Ubers always have other lives, Uber drivers and other lives, and he said he was a crystal dealer, not crystal meth. No, stop (laughs) it. Uh, all these various stones from around there and the healing properties. And I honestly did not want to get to my destination because he told me so much about crystals and what they could do. But he said something interesting. He was just like, you know, people will say, oh, these crystals, it's just a placebo effect. And he said, and I go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to which I respond. I always tell my health students this at Cal State Channel Islands, like, uh, you know, we have this miracle drug. We know that it treats absolutely any disease out there. It's been researched well. It shows up in every study. That drug is called placebo. Right? <laughs> so right. our mind works with our body. They Definitely. inform each other. And if you get well, who cares? But he also said about the crystals that it's not like one crystal is suddenly going to make you healthy, but you're, you the way you're talking in this holistic way is that it can be one piece of many Many things going on in our lives, health, and I can't believe the scientific mind of me is talking about crystals right now. Okay, (laughs) Stacey, you do it. It's coming out of me. All right, so you talk about in our daily lives, practicing kindness, but specifically beginning with self and self-care. I think there are people out there who think of self-love as selfishness, but they're two different things. Can you help explain that?
1: Yes, definitely so. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is the fact that you can actually take very good care of yourself and that's not selfish. And if you do take good care of yourself and love yourself and come from that place, you can actually do more in the world. You'll be more resilient. Mm-hmm. You'll be healthier, you'll be able to prosper and and thrive. If you don't take care of yourself, then you can run into despair and depression and simply um, give up. Yeah. <laughs> so taking I, care I, of ourselves I, is very important. My
0: favorite metaphor out there, and I've been using it as a single mother for many years, is that you have to put your own oxygen mask on first before you can assist anyone else around you.
1: Definitely so. I think that's important too when we think of empathy because we want to be empathetic towards other people and to help people the way to do that over our lifetime is to be taking care of ourselves while we're doing that. And then we'll always have that strength to be able to give more to others. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you get into a romantic relationship, if you are already strong and well-balanced and taking care of yourself, it's probably going to be an overall better relationship. Yeah.
0: As I like to say, relationships don't make you happy, but happy people have happy relationships.
1: <laughs> that makes <Right>? sense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it starts as an inside job on ourselves. So when we talk about how do people find that boundary? So I just want to add one thing. First of all, when you were talking about self-love, I had a thought. So self-love and self-care doesn't involve um, giving yourself too much, too much stuff, too much food, too much alcohol, too much socializing, too much parties. That's actually not self-love. That's not taking care of yourself. Taking care of yourself is treating your body in a healthy way. Uh, listening to your words what is really coming out of your mouth is it kindness is it truth is it authenticity or is it a bunch of lies to make you sort of look good in front of other people and so that's the imp- i think that's the big distinction between selfishness and help- self love because selfishness will end up hurting you and not able to help others
1: right and within the the book love activism i go into different elements that are part of it so as you were saying, we start with self-love and caring for ourselves, but that's really just one piece of it. Mm-hmm. So if you were to do other practices in the book, they are moving out towards your friends, your workplace, your community, you know, the environment, um, animals, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that's part of that holistic piece that's so important is that you don't just get stuck on only doing things for yourself, of course.
0: Yeah. No, we are, we are a a species that is completely socially interconnected and I think we are interconnected uh, literally jobs housing freeways etc but I think almost unconsciously mentally there is another conversation going on between every human there's like okay I know I'm I'm the science gal but I do have to say this uh, there is a parallel universe and that there are many conversations happening in a room and we need each other when we come back Let's break down your book, Love Activism, and talk about areas like service and empathy and self-care and hope and creativity. I am with author Stacy Russo, and she is a professor. What do you teach?
1: I teach library technology. <laughs> I told you, she's da
0: Vinci. Left brain, right brain. She uses it all. Uh, when we come back, I've got more with Stacy Russo. You're listening to The Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640, you have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. Remember, after this next, as I finish my conversation with author Stacey Russo, you can get on the phone and talk to me if you've got a dream. We're going to do my drive-by makeshift dream analysis. It's not therapy, okay? It's just drive-by makeshift dream analysis. So as soon as we're done here, give us a call at 1-800-520-1KFI. 1-800-520-1534. But as we continue our discussion with author Stacey Russo, the book is called Love Activism. I assume people can get it anywhere online, Stacy, Yes. Um, in your book, you talk about different kinds of activism, love activism. So let's go through a few of them and let us start with creativity because I mentioned creativity earlier. How can we use creativity as a love activist?
1: So at the end of each chapter, I have a list of different practices people can do And before that, there's other information and stories and and things like that before leading up to the practices. One thing about creativity is I definitely believe that we all have the power to create and what we create may be a masterpiece or or maybe just something that we create for ourselves. It could be a handmade gift that we make for a friend or a loved one of some nature like that. My
0: creativity is cooking.
1: So I <laughs> yeah, actually figured definitely. out I was at
0: a restaurant and I was tearing apart a cauliflower crust trying to figure out how did they get the liquid out of it? How <laughs> did they bind it? Then I watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos on it and it was and I it was a masterpiece
1: I created the next day. Yeah, so baking is actually one of my methods of creativity <laughs> and but also gardening could be a creative activity as well. And then beyond what we might just do ourselves we could teach other people what we know and that's where it becomes more of a community activity. It's also important to have a creative life I feel and that might mean supporting museums, um, going to independent films, going to see live music. if you have friends who are artists, either you know writers or musicians or painters, whatever they might be, of supporting them, you know, mm-hmm. going to openings, And um, bringing creativity more into the community that way by supporting the arts.
0: You know, whenever I have a party, I'm not a musician at all. Couldn't, can't even sing, but I always hire live musicians. And in this town, L.A., there are so many affordable musicians. There's a website, (laughs) in fact, called Gig Salad. They didn't pay me to say that. Gig Salad, you'll love it. You'll find any (laughs) kind of artist or performer at all. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Talking about empathy. How is empathy an important holistic practice?
1: Yeah, so one thing I mentioned in regards to empathy is that it can be easy to have empathy for individuals who may be similar to us. Mm -hmm. So one thing to always consider is how to broaden, how we can be more empathetic and be more inclusive in our empathy, you could say. One idea that I feel is a form of activism is to read a book, um, if you have the time, it could be once every season. That could be a lot though. That's four books. <laughs> or um once a year. And um read a memoir or an autobiography by someone who's entirely different from you.
0: I read a lot of memoirs. Yeah. I love them.
1: Yeah, so it could be someone who lives in a place in the world that you know nothing about. It could be someone, you know, from a different religion, different racial, ethnic background different socioeconomic background, whatever it might be, even if it's a little scary because you're not sure what you might think, but to um, read something like that and then have a discussion if you can. See if you can find somebody else, either a partner, a friend, a neighbor, to read the book along with you and have a discussion. Kind of what we were talking about earlier, when you do things just for yourself, and this is one example that's amazing and (laughs) outstanding, But sometimes when you read and then you have a discussion with someone else, that's when you really get to the heart of the book and you can even change your mind about things. You know, I'm actually in a book group that has a very diverse group of women
0: and they bring so many different ideas to the table.
1: Right. i makes ex- it great. Yeah, I've had experiences in reading groups where I didn't even think I liked a book. <laughs> and then after the discussion, I actually thought, well, maybe I do kind of like it a little bit now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now that it got a little bit.
1: Deeper. Um, Okay, finally, before we go, let's
0: talk a little bit about service. Now, I want to say about the whole kindness movement that's going on right now is that it, how do I say this kindly? It's actually selfish or a gift, no, not selfish, a gift to ourselves to be kind to others because the whole universe shifts around you. And I don't mean to sound Pollyanna like, but truthfully, when you go inside yourself, and find some space to give to somebody else, they your whole universe starts to shift. It's like, oh, again, I'm going to sound California. You get these energy shifts, right? <laughs> you can say it, can't you, Stacy? So tell me what, what you mean by service.
1: One thing about service, and I think most people, when they hear that word, they have an idea of what that means. But one way to go about practicing service is to see if you can be Really present with other people, you know, really aware of the moment that you're in and being authentic, you know, of who you are, being honest, and perhaps even being vulnerable when you're practicing service. Mm. There are so many opportunities for practicing service. It could be simply that you decided to do an occupation that's service-based because mm-hmm. you want to do that. It could be um, preparing meals for people Mm -hmm. in your family or in your community you could even do something that's service for the earth or Mm -hmm. for animals Mm -hmm. or you know the ocean cleaning up the ocean (laughs) I actually
0: I take great pride in serving I think there is such a, a I love to be a hostess I love my kids to have friends over I love to feed people And there's something empowering about that kind of
1: service. It's true. It's definitely an example of when you're doing something for someone, it comes back to you, right? It makes you feel richer from the experience. Someone once said to me that she felt that service was the highest form of love. Hmm. And um, I don't know if that's true or not, but that definitely was a profound statement. And I could relate to that. Well, Stacy, thank you so
0: much for being with us. The book is called Love Activism. You can find it online. The author is Stacy Rousseau. Thank you so much for coming into the studio. It's a pleasure to meet you.
1: Thank you so much for having me here.